Welcome back, Michelle Sparks with you, Illuminating Anorexia, Eating, Self and Body Issues. Great to have your company. Today, I want to speak to you about spiritual power. Spiritual power. Power that is something supernatural. It is beyond the natural realm. It is something I really believe in and something that I know was very relevant to my journey both into the bondage of anorexia and other eating disorders and also was key to my journey out and my discovery of freedom from disordered eating, anorexia, the lies and the experience at the heart of that lie that uh, had me feeling like I did not deserve to take up space, I was unworthy and undeserving of life, nurture and good things. Really, that was at the very heart of my struggle with anorexia and other eating disorders. And, um, you know, there's a lot of things that go to to contribute to the development of that lie. It doesn't usually just come and whack you in the face straight out. It, it's something that develops over time as we grow up and experience life and feel ourselves to be... Um, okay in some situations and not okay in others, acceptable when we perform in certain ways, not acceptable if we don't. And for some of us that there may be a sense that if we don't perform appropriately or adequately, we will lose support, we will be punished, it can move to a place where we feel like we will even be destroyed. And certainly when I got down to the bottom of the scales with anorexia, I was terrified. You know, it is impossible to articulate the level of fear, the terror that met me at the bottom of the scales. It was so intense. It was, it overwhelmed me and it drove me. And even though I could know rationally what I needed to do to stop um, feeling and causing what I sensed was a burden on my family. I could see that my anorexia had become a real problem for my parents. And in many ways, my anorexia, it's a long story and you can read about it in my book, Illuminating Anorexia. But in many ways, my anorexia was an attempt to um, take the burden off my parents, to actually be a good enough kid to offload some of the stress that I perceived they were experiencing as I grew up and particularly through my early adolescence. I'm one of five children in the middle of five and I, I describe this in, in the book and even in my free ebook, which you can get on my website. Um, you know, just the, a culmination of events or circumstances, factors, individual, environmental, socio-cultural that fed into my um, development, the development in my mind of this belief that who I was wasn't good enough. It wasn't okay. And so there was an attempt to try and be better and to be good enough. But how good is good enough? As I started to pursue being good in the different areas of my life, in sport and in academics and as a daughter and in various areas of my life, I found that the more I tried to be good, you know, there was no ceilings on how good I could be. And I found myself running and jumping 
at a ridiculous pace and to an impossible voice that demanded perfection, which is of itself, of course, impossible. And I don't know how it is in anorexia, but I, I could not... I could probably perceive that for others that they didn't have to be perfect, but it was not true for me. There was such an intense fear that if I did not do the right thing, if I did not tick off all the boxes and keep that voice that was growing in my head quiet by being good enough, by being perfect, and what that came to represent in the end was exercising perfect control over food, calories, weight, body, it was actually about being perfect in all areas of my life. But the more I, you know, pushed out in all those areas and found myself running and jumping at an incredible rate to try and keep up with all these demands, the more out of control I felt in my life. It was like I was losing control of my life to all these uh, voices, external authorities, if you like, that I had let speak into my life about my value, my worth, my right to take up space. So I had given away control of my life and I found myself feeling incredibly out of control and hence I absolutely buckled down, knuckled down on the control of food and calories. It became a runaway train and I really do encourage you, if you have not read Illuminating Anorexia, it's available very inexpensively on Amazon. I would really encourage you to read it because it really does pull apart the warp and weft of that journey and I know from sharing that story with others, it has brought real light into the darkness and real um, insight and understanding and that can help to shine the light on where you are in bondage and what you need to get free. So the reason I want to bring this to you today, there's so much to say and I'll just start and I probably won't get all the way through what I want to say but it's a start. And the reason I'm saying that is because the other morning, I think you might know if you listened to my earlier podcast this year that, you know, my precious mum, my darling mother, she is 86 and she is in a real battle for her life and, um, you know, she has been just, oh, struggling through some real challenges with her health and she's currently in hospital and the point of all that is I have found myself I found myself a couple of mornings ago this has been going on for some months and and I love my mum and I want to be there for my mum and I want her to know that I'm there you know it's really important to me and so of course I have found myself going up to the hospital you know every day and and um trying to balance that and you know just more recently every second day or but it's tough. And anyway, the point is I have found myself over-functioning in my home life and also, interestingly, even in my work life. And this over-functioning, I just went, yeah, look, I'm starting to allow, you know, these things that are important, they really are important, to be more of a priority than looking after my own well-being. So I've been pushing myself to... Um, be there in ways that are um, commendable in one respect, but actually also quite impossible to keep up and a little bit destructive to myself because long term I can't sustain this pace. And and I have been aware of that and I've been trying to manage that, but I started to really just sit with it the other day because I was feeling really, you know, things, there'd been some more news and I was just feeling... Um, 
Yeah, what was I feeling? I was feeling heavy and anxious about the way forward because this is not a a sprint. This is a marathon and I've already got a little bit tired in this journey. And I realized, wow, I'm over-functioning. I've got to pull back here. I've got to look at what is driving me and I've got to address it. And the reason I'm bringing this to you today is because this same drive has been at the root It was at the root of my anorexia and my push through different times in my life. And, you know, I have been recovered from an eating disorder, from anorexia, from other eating disorders for, oh, such a long time, 30 years, um, I would say, just at a, you know, just thinking through the numbers. And when I say recovered, I mean that I have been free from um, valuing my life based on what I weigh, what I eat, the control I have over food and weight. That is not that has not determined my worth and value for many years. And that is freedom. You know, I don't I don't fuss about that area at all. I feel very free in that area. But one of the leftovers and one of you know, it's not even a leftover, it's actually part of my my deeper inner way I work and see life and do life. And it has been triggered. It was obviously very much triggered it it kind of developed in the anorexia and then the anorexia the starvation response actually cemented it it solidified it Um, because what happens is you bow the knee to this lie that you're not good enough you try and be better and the more you bow to that lie the more you find yourself being driven by fear and that fear develops over time to such a degree that you can be like me at the bottom of the scales feeling like you are facing a monster and it really feels like this this it feels beyond you it really does it feels like you are being driven by something that you do not want to be driven by it feels out of control it feels scary and anyone who has been there will know exactly what I'm talking about it is beyond us and to be honest I do believe it's beyond us I do believe there is a spiritual force of fear I know that fear exists in our thinking and we feel it in our emotions it is a bodily experience but you know as you bow the knee to fear it develops to a place where it feels like there's something else kicks in and I would say it is a spiritual force of fear And what comes against that spiritual force of fear that drives us into a place of destruction is love. It is truth. It is truth that comes against the lies that are driving us. So, for example, a lie would be that we must be perfect. We cannot drop the ball. These are lies because, in in other words, if you do drop the ball, you will be destroyed. That's actually a lie. That is not true. But when you are down the bottom of the scales or, or dealing with this perfectionistic lie, it will make you think that it is true. And so what comes against a lie is truth. And what comes against fear is an experience, an experience of love. And it's not just words. It's not just mental ex- a, a, Um, ascent it's got to be something that we experience it's got to be something that that so impacts us that it drives the fear out of us and that's not going to be a one-off event that is going to be a process and this is where the spiritual element 
uh, dimension in my own recovery from anorexia was so profound because I really felt like I had to, I had to be perfect. That was the bottom line lie in my anorexia. And over the course of coming out of hospital and facing the fact that I had not managed to be um, perfect, in fact, quite the opposite, the family I loved and had tried to um, save in many ways through my anorexia, through being a good enough girl to take the burden of pressure and stress off my parents so they could function. That was kind of what was wrapped up in that development of anorexia. And... Um, yeah, so when I came out of hospital, that lie had not been dealt with. And in fact, I looked at the family I loved and my mum in particular, and she had a nervous breakdown not long after I came out of hospital. And I felt like I had destroyed our family. And so I now started to punish myself for my failure to be perfect. So the lie was still in place. Anorexia was an attempt to um, appease that lie, to be perfect. But that attempt failed. And when I came out of hospital, I really came face to face with my failure. And so instead of trying to be perfect, I kind of went through a period of maybe nine to 12 months where I tried, I battled between trying to be perfect and failing and getting up again and trying and failing. And that was this incredible starve, binge, ambivalence that I developed in a huge way after I came out of hospital. I was eating to destroy myself. I was also eating because I was hungry. I was angry. I was so conflicted. There was such a mess of emotions going on inside me when I came out of hospital. Um, but a lot of it had to do with this inability to know how to deal with what I was facing. And that was the failure of my ability to be perfect. I had not been able to do it. And I was watching the family that I loved uh, really come apart in that year after I came out of hospital. And don't forget, this is in the late 70s. There was um, no hospitals that were, there were no eating disorder clinics. There were no eating disorder um, support groups or uh, websites. There was nothing at that time. I was in an adolescent wing of a major um, Sydney hospital and uh, there was no one else there with anorexia when I was hospitalized in 1978. And uh, so this is 1979 when I came out and I was really battling with this. And, you know, that lie was still in operation, but now I was trying to destroy myself. I was punishing myself because I felt like I had completely failed to be the good girl that I thought I needed to be, to be perfect. I had failed. And that failure meant punishment. And more than anything, I punished myself. I punished myself by eating copious quantities of food. And part of that was about hunger to be accepted despite my failure. But another part of it was about completely punishing myself for failing to be what I needed to be. That is a complex journey. It is layered. It happened over time. And that is why I wrote the book Illuminating Anorexia because, and it took me ages to write that book. It took me years to pull apart that struggle because I had been trained in counseling and in psychological um, science. And I was also a health professional. And I was also by this stage, you know, as I was recovering, I was a Christian and I was trying to figure out the psycho-spiritual dimension. What was psychological and what was spiritual and what was the, what was what? Because I knew that what I had experienced felt 
bigger than me. It felt outside this material space. And this led me to consider the spiritual dimension of fear, not just the psychological. But, you know, psychological, if you look at the root of that word, it does mean psyche. And our psyche has to do with not just our mind, our thoughts, our will, our emotions. Our emotions are very deeply part of how we are wired to be. And those emotions are, you know, that's a very deep part of our existence. It's not something that we just attack by thinking differently. I mean, that's part of what we do when we work. We have to work with our thinking we have to work with our feelings. We have to work with our deeply embodied emotions, our emotions that sit in our memory and sit in our soma, in our body. They sit in our experience. And um, so our experience of life is very deeply held in our body, in our emotions. And it's very hard to pull that stuff apart. And I believe I can't do it. I believe, you know, it's we, we cross the line. There's a psycho-spiritual dimension of life that um, if we just go psychology, you know, without including the spirit, we miss something. And if we just go spirit, which I've heard some people do in a in a Christian setting or in other spiritual settings, we miss something of the full way we are wired to be. We are created whole beings, physical, emotional, uh, social, relational, spiritual. We are whole beings. And this problem of eating disorders affects the whole person. And it needs a whole person approach to recover. Now I can see I'm almost up at 20 minutes and I'm going to actually have to make this a bit of a series, which I will do, because you know what? I think in this podcast I may never have really explained my, I may never really have talked through my recovery. I've certainly done it in my book, Illuminating Anorexia, but I've never really done it, I think, in the podcast, not at length. So I think I need to come back and do that and I will, and I will also share with you some more thoughts about this spiritual dimension and spiritual power, because I've had some emails, and I'm thinking through my own mum's demise, and I'm thinking through my own over-functioning at this point, and what I needed to readjust was really to dig into that spiritual dimension, and it is such a powerful part of healing such a powerful part of healing. It is the most, for me, the most foundational part of healing because it is that place that says that you are loved unconditionally, that you are valued unconditionally, and that there is a safety and a security that we can experience in relationship, I believe I have experienced, with the God that created us to know this incredible embodied, deep, uh, deep, deeply experienced security. And I believe in an eating disorder, we are looking for acceptance. We are looking for love and belonging to be valued. And we are looking to feel safe and secure. And I know that we can get these things to a degree in our human relationships and we are wired for that. We, this is not to negate the human, our humanity or the human side of relationships and healing, not at all. We, we are so, so wonderfully created as a whole person to do life 
in relationship with other human beings. That's why we're born into families. There's so much to say here. So hear me right. I'm certainly not minimizing that or dismissing it, not for a moment, but I know that there is something that is supernatural, something that is beyond that natural, um, those natural human relationships. And that is a relationship with the divine, the way we were created to have relationship that, that puts uh, an anchor so deeply inside our being of our value, of our unconditional worth, and of the safety and the security that is ours and we can experience in this life and that can hold us steady through the most difficult circumstances and gives us a hope for the future. So that even when life is tough, and even when life may be ending, as it may be for my mum right now, you know, that's not the end of the story. So I want to come back to you. There's a lot to say, as you can probably hear, and I'm feeling quite um, impassioned because I've had some letters from some of you who are really struggling in this area, and um, I want to speak to that. In fact, I know that in the work I do... Um, as a health professional, physical and mental health professional, emotional health, uh, trained as an emotionally focused practitioner, trained as a physical therapist, trained and ordained at one stage in ministry. Um, you know, I think this is something that I can bring to the table that is really quite unique. And you can take it or leave it. You can morph it into your own framework. But it's really something to be aware of and it's something by the way just to say I'm going to come back but because life is very stretched out and busy at the moment it may be some time before I get back to this podcast and continue and so what I'd like to suggest is I have just made available um, again I've done this before I've made available the 4x4 Freedom Express key one which is the first key of my guided online program and you can uh, check that out. You can come to my website. You'll see 4x4 Freedom Express. You can get some information about that. You can go to the platform that houses that online program. You can um, dock in and look at that first key. There's a lot of information there. And um, it includes, it's a real, it's the key, first key of four keys. And so that's, it's, it's, it's a big give. It's a big, it's a big give. But I, and, you know, I just, I just want to help people who are struggling and serious about freedom and wholeness and getting better. And, um, yeah, you can read more about it. You can dock in. You can look at that. I'd love your feedback if you do. Um, yeah, but until next time, I'll leave it here. Travel well. Travel well.